The Apostle Paul lived in a day very much like the day in which you and I are living presently. Amazingly enough, the city of Rome was upside down culturally, morally, debauchery reigned, prevalent. It was an amazing place. And the Apostle Paul said while he was there in Rome, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And you and I see that today. Then he goes on to say, Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. And he goes on to describe that. And today, my observation about a lot of our culture is God has given them up. God has given them up. And so what are you and I to do as we observe the culture as it is, completely different from those of us who are in our 50s, 60s, and 70s, and the culture when you and I grew up and pledged allegiance and said the Lord's Prayer in the public school system and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that is long gone. What can you and I do? Well, Paul has the answer. Turn, if you would, please, to 1 Corinthians, the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 15, and verse 57. We'll look at several verses. I'll give you several thoughts, and we'll ask the Lord to, to, to change us, mold us, and make us more into the image of Christ. So as we go out into this culture, you and I can be salt and light. Can I get an amen there? Now, we live in California, Okay. We live in California. My wife and I are the minority on the street that we live on in East Lancaster, but we love the people on our street. But we, we've, we've knocked on every door on our street. Rita has baked cookies and cakes and pies and given tracts to every neighbor there, and folks have come to our church in Southern California and gotten saved off of our street. Okay? And Dr. Sisk is there today, and, and, God, and uh, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Okay, you say, well, it's kind of foolish in California. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Okay, and so we've got to step back because God is able and we are more than conquerors. Amen. Amen. We're more than conquerors. And furthermore, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, in a church that was, that was completely, completely wicked as all get out, Paul said, verse 57, to the believers, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, therefore. My beloved brethren, that's you and that's me, that's the Sunday night crowd. Be ye steadfast, okay? Unmovable, okay? Always abounding in the work of the Lord, okay? For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Well, I want to be steadfast, unmovable, and abounding in the work of the Lord. But the devil has a, a, a target on my back. And he has, a, he has a target on your back. He doesn't like this church. He doesn't like this church at all. He doesn't like gospel preaching churches. He doesn't, he doesn't like the idea of the fan thing on the 4th of July over, 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 over there with all those people. But go do it. When it's going to be hot, well, yeah, let, me, let, me, let me share something with you. It's a lot hotter than that in hell. And you can take those tracks and people will get saved reading those tracks. And I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip. I'm trying to put you on an encouraging trip to obey the Lord and to, and to be a witness. In the pandemic, how, how can I do that? But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. 
How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not through pumping myself up. Man, I sure hope it's cool that night. It might be the hottest day of the summer, frankly. It, it may be the, the, the most humid day of the summer, frankly. It just may be. But God has given us opportunities. Opportunities. I, I mean, every day we, we, we have gone to every Chick-fil-A in America. And at the window, we give them tracks. We have uh, yesterday in, in a motel uh, up, up in uh, Murfreesboro, up in Smyrna, uh, Mallory went over to, to a sweet couple and gave them the word of God, invited them to church this morning. God is still able to use us, and, he need, and we need to be usable. How? how, can, how? So I asked myself this question. In the midst of all this, how can I be steadfast? How can I be unmovable? And how can I abound in the work of the Lord when the devil is, is, is fighting like I've never seen him fight before? So I went to more of Paul, Paul's writings. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, please. All right. Now, we know we're living in a society where God has given some of them over. You're not going to do anything about it. God has given them over. They have passed a deadline. They have passed a deadline where God has said, Look, I want you to be saved. I, I, want, I, want to, I want to bless you. I want to help you. And they have decided, no, no, no. And God has finally said, okay. He gave them over. So that group that God has given over, God blessed them. But you and I are here tonight. And we have, we have a task to perform at work tomorrow, at school tomorrow, in, in, the, in a public place. Here's a church that this church is full of patriarchs, patriarchs, people who have men of God who have who've been to Japan, missionary down here and his wife and and not, not, not just days, but decade after decade after decade after decade. And you and I are in the midst of greatness tonight. And I know it. And I'm going to squeeze every moment, every moment out of this hour. From the singing, or the congregational singing, to the giving, to every bit of it. And it's the only way we can be steadfast, unmovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. And it's not just pumping yourself up because we are under attack. We are under attack. And, and, I, and, and if, somebody, if somebody messes with my wife, I'm going to beat his brains in. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to, to go fight the devil, folks. Okay? And so we got a Bible college, and they're, 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 we're, we're out there swinging away. So what did Paul say for, for, for you and me? Chapter, Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Romans chapter, chapter number 8, verse 35. I love this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Nope. Distress? Nope. Persecution? Nope. Famine? Nope. Nakedness? Nope. Peril? Nope. Sword? Nope. Pandemic? Nope. 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 No, no, no. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. Paul said, I die daily. He, he said, I, I, I love the Lord. He said, I want to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. He said, this one thing I do, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things and, and forgetting the things behind. Uh, Tennessee Temple days are gone. Highland Park days are gone. That's gone. But we have today. We got this church. We got this church. We got church. We got Lancaster Baptist Church. We, we got an 88-year-old man yesterday in Palmdale in 105 degrees knocking on doors. Come on now. Good night. Well, you know, I don't know if I want to go to that fan thing or not. Make them have fireworks everywhere, dude. Hello. 
We're not going to be movable and we're not going to be steadfast unless, we, un- unless leadership pays a price. And this church is, is chocked full of leaders. This church is booming with leaders. So let's go lead. Let's go lead. What, what do you, look, I'm 75, but I ain't dead, man. I got, but Pastor, I still got some gas in the tank. It's low test, but it's there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's just fumes, dude, you know. But, 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 but I'm, I'm telling you, that we, if we sit around on our hands and feel sorry for ourselves as independent, fundamental, Baptist, we're blowing it. He says in verse 37, nay. <laughs> oh, Paul, man, I can't wait to meet him. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You know what I love about this? We're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors. We're not, going to get the, we're not just going to get the trophy. We're going to get more than the trophy. We're more than that. We're more than conquerors. What's a conqueror? It's a winner. Boy, we're winners. But, we're more, but Paul said we're more than conquerors. We're more than that. More. I like more. I like more than less. I like, I like more. I like, when they, I, I like when I'm eating somewhere and they give me some more. I like when they bring the coffee thing and pour the coffee and give me some more. You know, I like more. You do too. And so I'm, a, I'm more than conquerors, then I better go ahead and just act like it. I better just act like it. And I'm, I'm not talking about putting on a show. I'm talking about getting alone with God and saying, Now, Lord, I'm discouraged. I'm hurting. I'm hurting physically. I'm, hurt. I'm, I'm weary mentally. I'm, 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 I'm weary my, my physically and emotionally. I'm, I'm a wreck. I've got to go to work tomorrow. I've got to face people I don't want to face. I've got a boss that's hard to work for. I want to hear God's name taken in vain tomorrow. i got all that and more i got to face tomorrow. I have got to have your strength. And you can go to work tomorrow and be more than a conqueror. You can. That's what it says. Through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. Well, I like old Paul. I'm persuaded, he said. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me give you a few thoughts, and we'll be finished. I see three thoughts here. I see, first of all, how, how did Paul do this? Now, remember, Paul hated, he would, he would have hated this church. He would have persecuted this church. He would have taken you out. He would have whipped you. He, he, he would have seen you. He would have perhaps even signed a death warrant for you because you love the Lord. But something happened on the road to Damascus. The guy saw the light, and he got saved. I mean, he got saved, saved. He got saved because there was a transformation. And, and, and he, came out, he came out more than a conqueror. And he had been a, a persecutor of Christians. He had, been, he had been hateful. He was feared. He was mortally feared by God's people because of what he could do as a, as a persecutor of God's people was Paul. But he got saved. And when he got saved, everything, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore, <laughs> he said. And I mean, that, that guy was, trans, there was a transformation there. And so I, I see, first of all, I see passionate in Paul. I see passionate that has no conditions. Look at verse 38 again. I see passion that has no conditions. I'll be passionate if, uh, I'll, I'll go to Bible college if, I'll, I'll, I'll come to the Bible Institute here if, no, 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 if, if God is leading to the Bible Institute here at this, at this church, you better do it. Because you're going, you have some good teachers, you've got, you've got, you've got the Lord here, you've, you've got something going here that uh, most people don't have. And so you've got opportunity. And there are people all over this, all, all over Hamilton County that need the Lord. Well, everybody down south is saved. Then I have a question for you. Where are they? 
Where are they? If everybody in North Carolina is saved, where are they on church night? I mean, the, the, this room ought to be packed. They ought to be standing outside looking in. Uh, am I right or wrong? You're, I, I am right. If everybody's saved, who says they're saved, we wouldn't be able to handle it. Okay? So what do, what do you think about that? I, I think that's between them and the Lord, but I'm just wondering, where are you if you're saved? I'm, if you're saved, you want to be with God's people. You want to be in the house of God. You just do. Because this is where strength is derived. This is a spiritual hospital. I feel better, man. I walked in here tonight. Pastor was here, and his wife was here. I thought his wife was his daughter, you know, and I said, whoa, man, that guy got married his little girl. Anyway, uh, and, and, and then the, the, the joy that they have, and it immediately, what, were, what, were you tired when you walked in? A little bit, a little bit. But, but, but once, this, once this thing gets going, it's like somebody lit a fire into me, man. I mean, holy macaroni. So, so let's look at it very quickly, and I'm, I'm not going to be long. I see a passion that has no conditions. I am persuaded. I am persuaded. Are you persuaded? Well, you're persuaded enough to be in church tonight. Thank you. You're persuaded enough to be in God's house tonight among God's people. Thank you. That's the first step for me, is to be persuaded. This is what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be there. If the preacher says to me, Toby, we're having a rock-throwing contest down at the church, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm going to support the program. I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> it's time that we got as radical as they are over yonder. A little bit radical. Well, not only that, not only do I see a passion that has no conditions to it, I see a prayer. Look at verse 34, a prayer that has no restrictions. Look at verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Think about that. You ever had anybody make intercession for you? I have. I have. I went to Tennessee Temple in 1966 with three $1 bills in my pocket. And, and I'd gotten kicked out of school twice, messed up, bus kid, messed up, finally got saved, Oliver B. Green revival meeting. And, uh, and, and just, just hardened, hardened, mean that daddy was a a World War II vet who'd been captured in the Battle of the Bulge, and he was never the same. And Mama, Mama just couldn't take it, and she just left us. Daddy did the best he could to raise us, and, and but we, we were just we were just a mess, just a mess. And but I I got I got I got saved. I mean I I got saved, and 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 the youth pastor said I want you to go to go to college, and I went down there, and I sat in Highland Park, and man I, I said what am I doing here? What am I, what am I doing here? I mean. I, it, the, the guy said, turn to some book in the Bible. I couldn't find it. Had the three $1 bills, and I had three $1 bills, and I spent all those out that restaurant called Bees. All you could eat for a dollar back then, you know? About 10 of us Temple students were out there. Ms. Long, remember that place, Bees? You know? And, 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 the, and the guy that owned the place came over, and he said, are you guys from Temple? We said, yes, sir. He said, I'll give you your money back if you'll leave. <laughs> we, were, we were eating that guy out of house and home, man. I mean, we were just raking it and stealing it and having a good time. Uh, you know, um, but I started praying, and some people graduate magna cum laude. Some people graduated summa cum laude. I graduated praise the laude. <laughs> praise the laude. You know, and I met Rita and, and uh, made some decisions up on Signal Mountain. A at the end of one school year, I, I was just in a lot of trouble over Temple and went up there. I took a three-by-five card, and I wrote down some things I needed to do. I need to quit. I need to quit cheating. I need to quit lying. I need to quit doing this. And I need to quit, 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 quit. And I did. And God brought Rita into my life. For the last 50 years, we've been 
I'm telling you, man, there's nothing like ministry. Nothing. Nothing. I'm addicted. And Paul says here, as, as he prayed, verse 34, their foolish heart, excuse me, in verse, 30, in verse 34, the intercession. Reed and I got engaged. I was taking a course from Dr. Delancey. Dr. Delancey was teaching a course on test and measurements, and I haven't understood anything he said yet. Yet. And I'd take the test, and I'd, I'd, I'd go, I don't even know what I'm doing. I didn't understand it. I didn't grasp it. And um, so I went to him, and I said, I said, Dr. Delancey, he said, you're not doing well in this class, are you? I said, no, sir. I said, no, I, I said, it's pretty, pretty pitiful. And I said, would you pray for me? I said, Reed and I are getting married. If I fail this class, I'll have to go to summer school, and it's going I said, I said, would you, would you pray for me? And he said, he said, I will intercede for you. And I, I don't know how, but I, I got to see in the course. I remember walking down, walking down Orchard Knob with Rita, and I saw him coming. He was, he was, he was about my age at the time, and I could tell he was smiling. And I said, oh, good, he's smiling. And he stopped and he said, you passed, you got to see. And he had interceded. And I, I know it's a trite illustration, but think of just a moment. He's interceding for you right now. He's interceding. Uh, and it's a prayer that's unrestricted. And look at verse 28. Uh, I love this. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 in closing. This is so important as, as we close. Romans 8, 28. I see a passion that's unconditional. And that's what we need today. As it, Reed and I, we're, we're, we've been married 50 years. <clears throat> we're serving the Lord full time. We could retire. I don't want to retire. If you have to retire, you have to retire. And I, I get it and I understand. I'm not going to, I'm just talking about my wife and me. Uh, the, the, the need is so great. The need is so great. And it burns within my heart. And it did within, it burned within Paul's heart. When he talked to Timothy, it burned within his heart. When he talked to Titus, it burned within his heart. It burned. And what, what we need today in our church today in our families, in our marriages, in our church, in our soul winning, in the choir, choir you sang beautifully in your practice, is some holy heartburn. We just need some holy heartburn. And we need to get alone with the Lord, and we need, to, we, need to, we need to have some passion that has no conditions. We need to pray that has no restrictions. And then we need a purpose in verse 28. We need a purpose that's untouchable. Look at Romans 8, 28. Here he is. Remember, he said, I'm persuaded. Now he says, and we know. And we know. That's us. We. We. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. After that little meeting up on the mountain, I went back, I went back to temple. I made a fool out of myself. Uh, I was running for a student body office, the chorister, and lit the song leader. I'd never led a song in my life. But that day, Dr. Robertson came to chapel, and he said, you three guys who are running for, choir, for chorister, he said, I want you each to lead a song. I'd never led a song. And so, man, I grabbed a songbook. I turned to 117, one day. It's the hardest song in the book to lead. <laughs> so I get up there, and some of you remember the old Highland Park days. They had a piano, a baby grand piano over there, Brother Bragg, remember? They had one over there. Mrs. Faulkner played one of them, and some of that... Uh, uh, Big old baby, big old organ and pipes everywhere, you know. And so all those instruments start going wah, 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 wah. And I never let a song, so I go, one day when heaven was filled with his praises, 
one day when sin was as black as could be. You know, and I said, everybody stand. And they all started laughing. They were everybody, the thousands of students, they were just laughing. And Dr. Robertson, Dr. Lee Robertson behind me, he's going, one day when heaven was filled with his praise. And I'm going, I am dead meat, man. And so I didn't even get through the thing. Dr. Robertson came and put his hand on my shoulder. He said, let's have a word of prayer. <laughs> so while they were praying, I went up to Signal Mountain, <laughs> my little old red car, and I made some decisions. I said, Lord, you, you got me. Pride goeth before fall, and I just got whittled down as, as whittled as you can get. You know, and so I came back, and and uh, and then God brought Rita into my life, and and just I, I could I could tell you billions of stories about how good God is, was to me. But I'd met Dr. Weigel. Yeah, Miss Lowe, if you'll help me, I'd met Dr. Weigel as a freshman. I I went over and I sat down beside him the first day of chapel, and and, and he was 96 years old. It's how good God is. If we'll just keep things in perspective. And, and th- those of us who are older, we ain't, we, we're, not, we're not brilliant, but we have a lot of life under our belt. We could help you. We could help you. These folks could help you. Love them, pray for them, talk to them. Well, they start, start talking about the good old days. They earned it. This man, this man, um, been in Japan how many years? 60? Over 50 years? You can learn a few things from Saudi being on the mission field for 50 years. Well, Dr. Weigel sat down, and we were singing a congregation. I was singing my heart out. And he leaned over, and he said, how come you ain't singing? <laughs> he was funny. He's all, if you remember Dr. Weigel, he said, how come you ain't singing? I said, I'm doing the best I can, Dr. Weigel. And he said, you need to pray for me, Toby. He said, in a minute, I'm going to go up there, and Dr. Robertson wants me to sing. No one ever cared me like Jesus. I'm going to forget the words. I said, you, that's, that's your song, man. You ain't gonna forget the words. Yeah, I'm gonna forget the words. And he got up there. They helped him. He was trembling, and he, I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus. And he forgot the words. He said, Oh, oh, play it again, please. He began to play it again, and uh, he came back down. Dr. Robertson helped him. Dr. Robertson helped him get through it. I just want to sing it, y'all. Will y'all let me sing it tonight? I ain't much singer, but man, I love the Lord, and I made the Weigel singers. Amazingly enough, I made the Weigel singers, and I love Dr. Weigel. And if we can remember, if we can remember to take the heritage that God has given us and, 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 and mobilize so many things and, and let this sink deep into our heart, it's all about Jesus. And, and Dr. Weigel, Dr. Charles Weigel had it right. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. And that's what this is all about tonight, doing all this for Jesus. This is the way Dr. Weigel liked it to be sung. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus Since I found in him a friend so strong and true I would tell you how he changed my life completely He did something that no other friend could do No one ever cared for me like Jesus there's no other friend so kind as he no one else could take the sin and darkness from me oh how much he cared for me every day he comes to me with new assurance More and more I understand his words of love. But I'll never know just why he came to save me. 
Till someday I see his blessed face above. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. And you, Pastor. <laughs>